We'll jump right back in here with uh, Plain Politics, radio station WCCO, newspaper star Tribune, the radio station and the editorial board working together. It's been a partnership with CCO and the, the trip for years and years. Chad Hartman here with you, joined by John Rash and Scott Gillespie. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Scott, let me start with you. Jacob Fry has not been timid. Jacob Fry has been outspoken in his comments yesterday. Another press conference today. It's fairly atypical of most politicians in the aftermath of a tragedy like this. It's more about the process, absolutely sympathy towards the family, but more let's let's see the facts. I'm not saying Jacob Fry isn't saying let's see the facts, but when he's calling for the arrest and charges as soon as possible, that isn't what normally happens in Minneapolis and many cities. What's your reaction to his decision? I think the uh, you're right. It is an atypical, uh, quick decision on Mayor Fry's part. But this is, is also an atypical case with a video that is so shocking, uh, so chilling, that I, Jacob Fry knows and is feeling the heat from constituents are say, who are saying, how can you let uh, these officers walk the streets, albeit fired, but how can they walk the streets when, you know, you or I, same situation, uh, that doesn't happen. So uh, is he jumping, jumping things, jumping the gun a bit here? Uh, likely, yes. Uh, took, I believe, Mike Freeman, the Hennepin County attorney, about four months to investigate the Jamar Clark case and decide not to file charges. It took John Choi, the Ramsey County attorney, about the same amount of time to investigate the Flando Castile uh, case and decide to charge the officer in that one. So, you know, these investigations are complicated. They take time. And uh, I don't expect that uh, Mike Freeman is going to turn around and uh, and do what uh, Mayor Fry is asking him to do in the near term. John, can you think of another official, either a prominent city official, Minneapolis-St. Paul, uh, a, a recent governor who has jumped into a legal matter in the manner of Jacob Fry the last 24 hours? No, but I can't, and I don't think anyone can recall an incident quite like this. We, of course, have had police shootings that have galvanized the community and become quite controversial. And one thinks of the killing of Justine Damon uh, by Mohammed Noor. And yet when cases like that happen, they usually re- revolve around an officer who uses his firearm in a split second and has to make a decision. It becomes quite controversial. It often goes through the legal system, as it did in that, this case. This is something decidedly different, where it was not a spur-of-the-moment decision where the officer thought that perhaps he faced life-or-death situation. This was an agonizing multiple-minute murder. Many people see it, including perhaps Mayor Fry, as he's calling for the arrest of the officer involved. And I think that the fact that there seems to be no one on the political spectrum and even those who normally are quite appropriately supportive of police have come forward and said that this is appropriate in any way or that they can see that there's any way to justify this because so many people, as they filmed it, 
called out what was happening. The man clearly, of course, was not a threat at that point. He was threatened and tragically all lost his life, you know, in, in the exchange. And so, um, yes, it's unique, but the case itself clearly is unique. Scott, we, like others, have reached out to Bob Kroll, the head of the Minneapolis Police Union. So far, he has put out only a statement. When you're the head of a union, you are required to defend your fellow officers. It can be a very difficult job. Bob Kroll has been in controversial manners many times before. I've had a number of back and forths with him here on the show. He certainly has tied himself to President Trump uh, with uh, comments before the president has been here and appearing with the president at Target Center. What are you expecting to hear from Bob Kroll over the next few days? Well, I would expect that he's either fully defending the officers involved or he decides, boy, this is a, this is a bad case and calls for, you know, a little patience on the part of the public to let the facts come out. And uh, but I, but if I had to bet, I would say he's going to defend the actions of the officers and say, you haven't seen everything yet. You haven't heard the whole story. Uh, you don't know how this interaction unfolded second by second. Uh, in fact, we have not only the video that shows the knee on the on the uh, uh, throat of George Lloyd, but now that second video is sur surfaced from a uh, security camera at a building nearby across the street that shows the actual uh, approach of the officers to the car that Mr. Lloyd was in uh, in the early part of the interaction. And it really doesn't seem like we're getting any kind of resistance there. It seems like he's not happy, but he's not fighting them yep. either. John, uh, react to that on Bob Kroll and also the Amy Klobuchar impact here. Senator Klobuchar, when she was in the middle of the presidential race, um, opponents and good reporters were going back to Amy Klobuchar's time towards her work with Hennepin County on individual cases, on one case in particular, and were wondering if she was too soft on actions by police officers and the effect that might have on African-Americans and whether they were willing to vote for her. And her numbers with African-Americans were not very good. She is at some level in the vice presidential race. I know she was on CNN yesterday. How about how she tries to, to, to deal with this, not only just as a senator, but as someone who's trying to convince Joe Biden and a portion of Democratic voters that she should be the next uh, vice presidential nominee? Well, before African-Americans or any voters are able to weigh in on the presidential race and look at the vice presidential nominee and how that may sway his or her vote, the key decider, of course, will be Vice President Biden. And this may have less to do with Senator Klobuchar and more to do with the increasing pressure he feels for many reasons, including his extraordinarily clumsy, awkward gaffe that he had yeah. when he was doing a podcast to not only pick a woman, whom he, which he has already promised to do, but a woman of color. And so I think that 
you know, that may not necessarily reflect badly on Senator Klobuchar, meaning it, it may be less about her record before she became senator and more the fact that he feels compelled to do this. We have to see how time unfolds. He said he's going to make his announcement most likely in July. So four weeks is an eternity in politics. And, you know, he seems to be quite impressed with Senator Klobuchar and was seemingly very appreciative of the role that she played in endorsing him when it really became crucial. And, of course, he won handily, partly based on that recommendation, the Minnesota primary. I think that we may get a little bit more of an indication this weekend when he virtually addresses um, the the big DFL event that's going to take place. He's going to be the keynote speaker. Of course, he's going to say really complimentary things about Senator Klobuchar and all the Minnesota congressional delegation, Governor Walls and, and others. He's a politician who's been at this game for four decades plus. But, you know, we might get a little bit more of an indication in terms of, you know, how he might be vetting her, or how he might be thinking of her. But uh, I think that is something that clearly could be impacted by this horrific tragedy. One other item on George Floyd uh, the Minneapolis Fire Department report re- reveals, and this has come out here in the last 15 minutes, that George Floyd did not have a pulse when loaded in the ambulance and that an off-duty firefighter witnessed Floyd go unresponsive. I think most of us felt that way in watching the video. Uh, there was some um, there were some conflicting reports on that over the last 24 hours. It, it appears the Fire Department report uh, clarifies that. The president... And a bizarre number of tweets over the last few days and Twitter finally calling out the president. Where do we go with that one? President Trump, a part of the conversation. We come back with Plain Politics on CCO. Five more minutes of Plain Politics with Scott Gillespie and John Rash. John, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, In the view of many of us, myself included, the president would not be the president without Twitter. He used it. In a, in a powerful way in 2015 and 2016. And he has not let up in any way as president. Some love it. Some hate it. Um, he, he breaks news on it. He attacks people. Um, I, I think his attacks about a deceased woman from 2001 and smearing and dragging her family back in the news because he's so thin-skinned about Joe Scarborough, is the president on Twitter at his worst. That, that's just my particular view. The president was called out on a fact check by Twitter yesterday on his thoughts, his belief, his lie on widespread fraud with uh, a voting by mail. The president, to the shock of no one, is saying he's going to take him on, He's going to see what he can do. Is this a net positive, John Rash, and then you, Scott, for the president, <clears throat> for his supporters to energize them? Because there's some polling today that shows a precipitous drop for him and approval numbers, dramatic drops from two, three weeks ago. If he now can say Silicon Valley's out to get us, they're not treating you the same, it's the liberal agenda, does this help him at this point? No, it hurts him and it hurts the country. And most profoundly, it's hurting 
the family of this young woman. And very quickly on that issue, it shouldn't be forgotten, this was a 28-year-old young woman who was working in Joe Scarborough, who it should be remembered, was a conservative Republican congressman at the time. She faints at the office, hits her head, the medical examiner determines. Joe Scarborough is in Washington, has four recorded votes that day, is nowhere near the scene. President Trump is basically alleging that Joe Scarborough was behind her murder. It's a horrific thing for anyone to say, potentially libelous and or and slanderous, and because he's verbalized it and and written it down in, in that respect, and more than anything, it drags this poor woman's family back into the news. They specifically have asked that these tweets be taken down, as have Joe Scarborough, Scarborough, who now of course hosts Morning Joe on MSNBC. Mika Brzezinski, his wife, has asked the same. Twitter responded very strangely in that they wouldn't do that, but then they started to apply fact checks to some of his many inaccurate tweets, including ones that are about mail-in voting, which are provably not true. I think that it's appropriate that they put the fact checks on because the facts are wrong, but it's inappropriate that they have user standards on Twitter and they would hold you, Scott, or I, or any of our listeners yeah. today to those standards, but they will not hold the President of the United States to it because they make money by the traffic that he generates. So wrong all around, and I think it certainly hurts the President and the nation. Scott, I have about 90 seconds here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I basically agree with John. Uh, it's all part of the big act. And uh, the big act, Chad, as you pointed out, got him into the office. Uh, so I wouldn't discount the entire, you know, his entire use of Twitter. This particular case, I don't think it, it wins him many supporters. What I'm always most interested in is the number of people I talk to or hear from who say that they like a lot of his policies, probably will vote for him again because of that. But, boy, they wish he wouldn't tweet as much. And he wouldn't, uh, you know, be uh, doing uh, briefings with the during a pandemic saying, you know, might want to think about drinking Lysol. So, you know, you get um, there. There's a fair number of people who uh, are just going to vote for him again because they're going to vote Republican and because they they do agree with with uh, him on uh, judicial appointments or uh, or abortion or, you know, a number of issues. And. Uh, yeah, I think this is a blip. I don't think it helps him, probably hurts him, uh, just like I think him doing the briefings and talking nonsense half the time actually hurt him. John, John and Scott, I got to jump in just because I got yeah. the heartbreak. Let me just do that. Good points. Thanks so much, guys.